In today's episode, we're going to take a look at some selling metrics and how they can help you manage your business, reselling news and more. And it all starts right now. Hey everyone, welcome to episode number 23 of the Galaxy CDs, Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. My name is Ryan, and as always, I am coming to you from the Batcave. Welcome to the show. In today's episode, like I said, we're going to talk a little bit about selling metrics and how you can use them and how you absolutely should not use them in your reselling business. We'll have a reselling news update And we will have both the full month of November and the last week, Galaxy CDs Rocks Business Recap. So let's kick it off. Let's get right into it. And let's talk about some selling metrics. There are a ton of ways that you can evaluate your business. And I'm going to highlight some of the ones that I look at on a regular basis that help me judge how my business is doing. Am I growing? Am I not? Am I profitable? Am I not? And that kind of thing. There may be other metrics that you could use. And if so, if you if you don't hear one that you look at, please leave it in the comments down below or reach out to me at galaxycds at gmail.com. Uh, but these, I think, are kind of the high points. So first off, obviously, just gross sales. How much stuff am I selling on a daily, weekly, monthly basis? The 90-day eBay total. What does that number look like? Secondly, of course, is profit. Both gross profit, which is sales minus the cost of goods sold, and net profit, which is that figure, the gross profit, less all the rest of my expenses. So supplies, materials, advertising, promotions, eBay fees, bank fees, all of that stuff coming off. Net profit is essentially your take-home pay before taxes are paid. So it's after everything else has been deducted. If there's one metric of these that you can look at by itself and have some sense, some idea of how your business is doing, that would be the one. Then, of course, you have net profit percentage and gross profit percentage, which are simply those numbers divided by your total sales to come up with a percentage of what you're doing that is profit. A couple other ones that you'll see sellers talk about pretty regularly, um, average selling price, so the total of all of your sales divided by how many items you sold is your average selling price. And lastly is ROI or return on investment. And to be totally frank, that's not one that I spend a lot of time looking at. Typically in, in my business model, I'm buying big lots of stuff for such a low price that my return on investment is a massive, massive number. And it's not really it's not really relevant to anything that I'm doing. It may be a really important one for you, but in my business, it isn't one that I look at really very often. Like I said, there may be others. And if there's something that you look at on a regular basis that you think would be useful for other listeners or viewers, please leave it in the comments or shoot it to me over on email. So first off, of all of those, I want to say that None of them is really more important than the other. Like I mentioned, the only one that might be would be the net profit, which is your actual how much money you made after everything is deducted. That would be a fairly true representation of what your business looks like. Other than that, in isolation, none of those numbers is really particularly useful. So what what do I mean by that? 
why would you even look at them if they're not useful by themselves? So they're only insightful in as far as they relate to each other and to a previous history of those numbers. For instance, your gross sales number. Let's, let's just take that 90-day sales number. What does it really tell you? It's a snapshot in time. If you wait five minutes and check it again, it may have changed because it's constantly moving. So the only way that number is really relevant and useful is if you're able to compare it to a previous time period. And then you can judge, hey, that number is going up, it's going down, you've got some frame of reference. But to just take that snapshot and look at that 90-day sales number in isolation, not relating it to a previous one, unfortunately, it doesn't really tell you much. It can be a clue to something, but only if you look at it in relationship to other numbers. One of the worst things that you can do with that or any of these numbers, and it's something I've talked about on this podcast previously, is to compare yours to someone else's. You'll see a lot of people will post that 90-day sales number on Instagram or on YouTube or Twitter or wherever, and they're flexing whatever their number is. And yours may be 12,000 or 18,000 or 24,000, and somebody else may be 40, 50, 60,000. But again, in isolation, it doesn't really tell you anything. You don't know what they're selling. I sell books and CDs. You may be selling office equipment or vintage electronics, which have a much, much higher ticket. So your $50,000, of course, is more than my 18000 because your average ticket is significantly higher. So be very careful about comparing that number particularly with what you see others posting, because if you don't know what they're selling, if they're, if you know for a fact that they're selling the same kind of merchandise that you are and they're running the same business model that you are, then maybe it's a valid comparison. But again, even in my case, if I look at another bookseller and they're at $50,000 for that time period, they may have two or three employees and 10 times the listings. I don't, uh, that number by itself doesn't tell me enough about their business for me to internalize that number and say, oh gosh, my, my business isn't succeeding because I'm not achieving that number. So like I said in, in previous episodes, and I repeat probably more than you want to hear, <laughs> uh, looking at any of those numbers in comparison to others is a dangerous, dangerous game. It can lead you to an unnecessary inferiority complex about how your business is doing, where you might really be being successful. Let's talk about average selling price, because this is another one that I see a lot of sellers really kind of judging each other on. And again, that number is not necessarily indicative of the quality of someone's business. So my average selling price is about 18 bucks. At one point, it was as low as about 14, and it has grown steadily because it's something that I've looked at and tried to manage against my own history. But if I look at another seller, their average selling price may be 25, 30, 35, 40. It may be quite a bit higher. Again, I'm selling books and CDs. That person might be selling, to use the same example, office equipment or vintage electronics, which of course has a much higher ticket. I've sold a few of those things for $80, $90, $100, and that obviously has a big impact if you're doing that type of stuff regularly. So comparing those two numbers without knowing more information about someone's business, again, is a dangerous thing to do. 
let's just take an example. Let's say that seller A has an average selling price of $35 and seller B's average selling price is 20 bucks. And you don't know anything else about their relative businesses. Your natural inclination should be probably to ask more questions, to find out more information, to know how those two numbers genuinely compare to each other. But most people just right off the cuff would say, oh man, 35 bucks, that's pretty good. So let's say seller A at 35 is only selling 10 items a week, but seller B is selling 30. So at the end of a week, seller A grossed $350, but seller B grossed $600. Now which seller would you rather be? Again, probably your answer should be, I still need to know a little bit more information, but at least you're on the right path. Another way to look at it would be to compare margins. Let's say seller A is making 20% net margin and seller B is making 50%. The first seller may be selling way more stuff, but making a lot less money. It's important that before you make comparisons, you have the full picture. Now, where they are very useful, like I said, is when evaluating against your own business. You can see a history. My gross margin has gone from 35% to 40% to 45%. I'm moving in the right direction. I'm buying better, more profitable items. That's a good thing. Or conversely, if you see that that gross margin number is dropping, then you have an indication that something in your buying process maybe has gone wrong, or maybe you've just changed strategies. Maybe you're buying more expensive, higher ticket items that have a little less gross margin percentage, but are generating more cash. So there's a lot of ways to dive in and look at your business. The key thing is that you actually go through that exercise and you look at some of these numbers and make some sort of comparison. It can inform your buying decisions. It can inform your selling decisions, how you price merchandise. All of these things can be learned through evaluating some of these business metrics. So if you take anything from this, I hope it's one of two things. Again, to be very wary of comparing your business to someone else's with incomplete information because it can lead you to a an inaccurate conclusion about their business and about your business. The other thing would be that you take some time at some point and fourth quarter clearly is not necessarily the time to do that, but man, first quarter sure is. That's a great time and a great opportunity to go back and look at your business over the last year and particularly in the holiday Q4 timeframe and dive into some of these stats and see what your business looks like. Is it growing? Is it shrinking? Is it more or less profitable? and evaluating these numbers then on an ongoing basis to help you manage your business. So let me know in the comments, what do you look at your average selling price, your gross sales, your margins week in and week out? What kind of metrics do you use to evaluate your business on a weekly, monthly, or yearly basis? If you're not doing that, do you think it would be important to do so or why do you think it's not necessarily important to do so? I see a lot of sellers, they just talk about their, you can learn a lot really actually about the sellers based on the information that they share, for instance, on Instagram. If they're posting 
just their 90-day number, 90-day number, 90-day number, they're really focused on gross sales. If they're talking about their average selling price, they're focused on something a little bit different. And again, like I said, those two pictures are totally incomplete. You know, you don't know how much profit the guy with the big flexing gross sales numbers is making. You don't know how many units the guy with the high average selling price is selling. I mean, if I have an average selling price of a hundred bucks, but I'm selling one item a week, I'm still not really making any money. <laughs> uh, so that's why I think it's really important to be very careful when comparing yourself to others and use these numbers to evaluate your own business against yourself. Let me know what you think about that. With that, we're going to take a very quick sponsor break for the folks listening to the podcast. A quick shout out to my man, Timmy P, who is uh, one of the financial backers of this program. Thank you so much as always. And we will be right back. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're on Apple Podcasts and you want to do me a solid, please leave me a review. That would be awesome. If you're listening anywhere else, there's a link in the show notes to my Podchaser page where you can also go and leave a review. Be sure to check me out on YouTube at Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips and follow me on Instagram at Galaxy CDs Rocks. Thanks again. News updates. All right, let's get into the news. So first up, um, Black Friday, Cyber Monday, the Cyber 5 holiday weekend is behind us, and some of the reports are starting to roll in. I was actually on a live episode with Mo over at Reseller Niche Podcast on Friday night. Um, go check that out on his channel. I'm pretty sure it's up on the YouTube channel already where we talked a little bit about what that weekend has looked like historically in business, what it might look like in the future, and kind of what our respective holidays were. but. Some of the big players have reported numbers. Amazon boasts biggest holiday season ever as they got started with the weekend. The thing that we talked about in that live episode that we're seeing kind of reported throughout is what everybody really expected given the pandemic and the current situation. E-commerce online sales are through the roof doing very, very well. Foot traffic in traditional retail stores is down, according to one stat, by as much as 52% on Black Friday, which is a massive, massive drop. Part of that, of course, is self-inflicted by retailers who have spread their promotions out over a longer time period to avoid big crowds because of the pandemic. So this may be a one or maybe potentially two-time blip, depending on how quickly the vaccine comes out and things kind of get back to normal. But this was a big, big drop. Um, I was at a Kohl's store on Saturday after Black Friday doing an Amazon return. It was about 8 o'clock at night. I expected that it would be fairly busy, and it was dead. There was nobody in there. And I asked the clerk at the desk when I was doing the return, I said, man, I've, I was in retail for 30 years, and I've never seen anything like this on the weekend after Thanksgiving. Has it been like this all day? And she said, yes, it's been very, very slow. So... That trend seems to be kind of nationwide that foot traffic was way, way off in traditional retail. So Amazon, again, like I said, has reported that so far it's had its biggest holiday season to date uh, through Cyber Monday. 2020, quote, has been the largest holiday shopping season so far in our company's history, thanks to customers around the world. Um, it's 
probably actually thanks to the COVID-19 pandemic, but that's, <laughs> that's another story. So, um, if the current trends continue, 42 cents of every dollar spent this holiday season could go to Amazon, according to one analyst. Uh, that is remarkable. 42% of all the money spent on holiday shopping this year could go to Amazon, to one particular retailer. That is a remarkable number. Last year's was bad enough. According to this article, it was 36 cents. And as always, I will link to these in the show notes and the description below, but that's that's incredible. Uh, Amazon also says that 71,000 small and medium-sized businesses worldwide surpassed $100,000 in sales individually so far this season. So that's also really good. So if you're selling on Amazon, you are reaping some of the benefits of this. So a uh, really, really strong start for Amazon. eBay, likewise, has reported breaking records in the U.S., they claim they broke all sales records for what they are calling Cyber 5, which is Thursday through Monday. So the kind of the five days of the Black Friday through Cyber Monday. Uh, success driven by hard to find and out of stock items, one of which we'll get into in a moment. <laughs> uh, while refurbished gifts emerged as a top trend this year, they are really, really pushing. They're certified refurbished. You're getting ads and promotional stuff all the time. They're really, really focused on that. And they highlight it again in their news release. Uh, it says shoppers flooded eBay for everything from PlayStations and Jordans to Pokemon cards and Rolexes. So again, they're they're featuring kind of the big hitter items in their news release. Um, sales of refurbished items in particular increased 170% compared to the same time last year. So that is really, really good. Research has showed 80% of Americans are open to receiving a refurbished gift this year from appliances and tools to laptops and portable audio equipment. So they're really, they think they've struck on something here with this certified refurbished program. Uh, gaming system sales are up 215% compared to last year. Not just the newest systems. Uh, Last-gen PlayStation and Xbox consoles spiked 460%, so that's a big, big increase as well. Uh, 113 trading cards per minute were sold on eBay on Cyber Monday alone. So the, the Pokemon craze is for real. I, I don't know how long it's going to last, but it's definitely going strong. Moving on, uh, sticking kind of with the theme of game systems, uh, the, the reseller drama, the gift that just keeps giving. PlayStation 5 reseller makes $40,000 in less than a week from selling PS5 consoles. There's an article. This one is on uh, givemesport.com. This individual seller somehow managed to score... 221 PS5 consoles himself. He's charging nearly double their original price at roughly $1,000 each. He has spent nearly $100,000 in acquiring his stockpile. So he's got a lot of money tied up. If the bottom drops out of that market, he could be in for a rude, rude awakening. Further on that point, uh, eBay is trying to crack down on, this is something that happens from time to time. Uh, eBay is telling scammers to stop selling photos of the PlayStation 5 for hundreds of dollars. <laughs> uh, eBay has always kind of been an area where people, unscrupulous people, 
preyed on those who don't pay enough attention to what they're buying. They don't read the descriptions. They don't read the titles and see that they're paying hundreds of dollars and they're getting a picture, not an actual item. So eBay is trying to crack down on that. They're trying to remove those listings and suspend those sellers. They're moving as fast as they can, but the scammers are always seemingly one step ahead of them. So this has obviously been a big issue. It's bad enough that you can't buy a console in a store right now. You've got to go through a third party and, and pay essentially double the price. But now you've got people that are buying photographs. <laughs> thinking they're getting the real thing. Uh, so that's no good. Uh, in hiring news, eBay has hired Discover's U.S. Cards chief to help drive growth. eBay has hired... Uh, Julie Loger, I believe is her name. She is Discover's executive vice president and president of U.S. Cards. She will move to eBay early next year to focus on customer acquisition, retention, and service, eBay said on Wednesday. She will join the e-commerce giant's leadership team and report directly to the CEO. Her focus will be on expanding the company. Bah! Wow, that was really mangled. (laughs) Um, she will focus on expanding the company's customer base and identifying new pathways for growth. She has a demonstrated history of building strong ties between product and business teams. eBay said in a press release, she has been at discover for nearly 30 years. So this is a big move for her. Congratulations. (laughs) Uh, eBay has also made some new changes. You can now set weekend shipping and handling days. Uh, historically, your shipping and handling days have been restricted to Monday through Friday. You could set you know, one day, one business day, same day, handling, whatever you wanted. They have now added seven-day-a-week option for that. You can update these in your shipping preferences. If you work on Saturday and Sunday, you can set specific handling cutoff times for those days. Your weekend ship dates and faster delivery times will be reflected in your shipping estimates. Setting weekend shipping and handling days is optional. And you also won't be held to weekend handle-by dates if the carrier specified in your listings doesn't ship on weekends. So if you set same-day handling on Sunday and you miss it, they're not going to hold it against you because you can't really ship with USPS on Sunday anyway. So uh, there will be a link to that. You can learn more about that on eBay. And lastly, let me know if you were affected by this, but the Tuesday payout window eBay had some sort of technical problem. Lots and lots of sellers got notices that there was a problem with their bank account and the deposit could not be made. Um, that was blowing up on Twitter and on Facebook and the, the different message groups. eBay was pretty quick to acknowledge the problem December 2nd at 10.31 a.m., so fairly early in the morning. They posted that there was an issue that affected payouts for a number of managed payment sellers Today, the issue has been resolved and all affected payouts were resent the same day. We do not expect sellers to experience any delay in receiving their funds. But again, depending on your bank, your payouts may have taken one to four business days to hit. So let me know in the comments down below. Did you get hit by a payment delay on your managed payments account? Were there any issues for you? Mine went through just like normal, had no issues whatsoever. So it was, it was, I didn't even know anything was going on until I got on Twitter or and Facebook and saw people just exploding about not being able to get their money, which is a big deal. I, I don't mean to sound like I'm downplaying it, 
you know, especially if you're on weekly payouts, if you miss a week, that is a significant cash flow issue. If you're on daily payments and you're not getting paid over the weekend, that to me is just kind of standard issue. That's the way the banking system works, PayPal notwithstanding. But if you're taking weekly payouts and you're expecting money on Tuesday in your account to pay for bills and whatnot, and there's a glitch and you don't get your money, that's that can be a real problem. So kudos to eBay for jumping on it very quickly and getting it resolved in a timely fashion. So let's get into the business updates. It's the the double decker this week. We've got both the month of November, month end business to talk about, and the last week. We'll start with November. It was pretty solid overall. It was not a record-setting month by any stretch of the imagination, but pretty good on all fronts. For listings in November, I did 672. I had to go back and recheck that because my first count came up at 666, which was a number that a lot of folks might not be comfortable with. So when I went back and looked at it again, I had missed five uh, little hash marks. So it was actually 672. So, <laughs> uh, so that was pretty good. Sales for the month, 59, 37, and 86 cents. So just short of $6,000. Cost of goods sold was 213.43, leaving me with a gross profit of 96.41% or $5,724.43. So not too shabby. Operating expenses for the month totaled $25.65 and $0.42, almost half of which was shipping costs. So obviously that should be regularly your biggest expense is your shipping. Um, I had some bank service charges, some advertising, the eBay fees and whatnot, um, a few office supplies and odds and ends. So $25.65.42 for the month. Net profit was 53.2%. So outstanding $31.59.01. Thank God for that extra penny. <laughs> uh, so that was a pretty solid month. Um, Three to 4000 would be a, a range I would be really happy if I could hit month after month after month. Obviously, the more the merrier, but that's a number I could certainly live with. For the last week, this was an interesting week. I mentioned that I was on the live with uh, Reseller Niche on Friday. Let me know what your kind of holiday weekend was like. Mine was no great shakes. Black Friday, Cyber Monday, none of that was really all that outstanding. But as the week progressed, my business got better and better and better. And this was for me, in the end, a record setting week. Starting off with listings, 150 listings for the week. I did do a dealer trade drive on Monday. So I lost most of Monday. So I, but I did still manage to get to 150, which is a nice number for the items I'm working on right now. Sales for the week, 216120. I I'm reasonably confident that's the first time I've ever been over $2,000 in a week. So pat myself on the back. That was really, really solid. Be sure you tune in on Wednesday. I've got some really exciting and interesting stuff to share on my midweek What Sold on eBay recap for next week. So Wednesday, that usually drops about 9 in the morning. That should be a good one. Cost of goods sold for the week, just $81.49. Gross profit for the week, 96.23% or $2,079.71. So really, really good week. Operating expenses for the week, 971 and 71 cents. 
I did have, I've, I've signed up for a year's subscription for StreamYard. They sent out a special offer to get most of their kind of advanced features for a low price of like eight bucks a month instead of whatever it was previously, $20 a month. So I went ahead and signed up for that. I'll have more news on that in a moment. So I had that expense. I did have to order some additional supplies. I had to order um, some newsprint for void fill, and I did order some big bubble mailers. So I've got about $200 in kind of extraordinary expenses, but $971.71, again, shipping was the biggest one, $445. So for the week, net profit still, even with those expenses, was 51.27% or $1,100 and actually $1,108 and no cents. So nice round number this week, $1,108. Uh, like I said, far and away my best week. It was not in the way that most people would probably anticipate. It was not related necessarily to the holiday weekend and the big shopping weekend, which is kind of what I expected and talked about, I think, over the last couple of weeks. But all in all, the week turned out really, really well. One last programming update before we call it a day. Beginning next week in this space, Hopefully, every week, we will be having an interview. I'm really excited to get started on that journey, talking with other resellers and other YouTubers. If things go well, first up, next Sunday, we will have an interview with Derek, who is the fundamentals of side hustling on YouTube. So be sure you check out his channel and be sure you tune in next Sunday for that interview on this podcast. We'll also have the reselling news and the business update like normal. And with that, we're going to close it out for the week. I hope your business is rocking, and we will catch you next time. Now, it's time to sell. Thanks, guys. You have been listening to the Galaxy CDs Rocks and Flips Reseller Talk podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in, and we will catch you again next time.